Welcome to Men Alive, where we examine biblical principles for becoming conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, a consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. Dr. Jim. June 4th, 1989. Do you remember that day in history? Sure do. That was the night of the infamous incident at Tiananmen Square in Beijing, China, when hundreds of university students were killed by the Chinese military. I remember that you and I arrived in Beijing on a pre-planned tour just a few weeks later in July. We landed in Beijing to a brownout with rolling blackouts of electricity. The streets were dark and deserted. It felt eerie. We were the first tour group of Westerners to walk on Tiananmen Square after the massacre. Many so-called Christian countries like Canada, America, Australia, Britain broke diplomatic relations with China and said what was done at Tiananmen Square was evil. Paul, give our listeners some background. I had visited China many times prior to 1989. I saw what Chairman Mao called the Great Leap Forward with his attempt to move China to become an industrial power. After his death in 1976, there was considerable unrest, inflation, and political corruption. In 1979, new leader Deng Xiaoping declared an open-door policy. Churches reopened, but under the three-self-patriotic movement, self-governing, self-regulating, and self-financing. The Chinese government sought to have all pastors register with the government and on a government payroll, have their sermons pre-approved, not preach about heaven or hell, and not have children under age 18 in their churches. Early in 1989, the old USSR, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, was collapsing. The Berlin Wall came down and Chinese students became emboldened to demand reforms. Around mid-April, they began to assemble on Tiananmen Square, and the numbers grew to an estimated 300,000. The situation was growing tense by late May. The students were demanding democratic reforms, freedom of speech, and freedom of the press to publish articles without censorship, plus freedom of association. Some even began hunger strikes and occupation of Tiananmen Square. This is where what happened next needs to be shared with our listeners. For while the death of the students was absolutely evil, God turned it into amazing good. The government brought in army units from the rural area in armored vehicles that surrounded the square. These soldiers had little respect for university students because they did not get their hands dirty helping to farm the land. So the students were commanded to leave the square, and the majority did, with some 10,000 remaining on that huge square. Many students had fathers and mothers in the communist government, so they reasoned their parents would never allow them to be killed or arrested. But around midnight, the lights went out on the square. Then the lights came back on, and that was the signal. The tanks and armored vehicles moved into the square. If you moved, you were shot, and if you didn't move, you were run over. It was chaos. The estimates of how many died vary because the government brought in trucks and helicopters the next day to remove containers filled with debris and dead bodies. They moved them away from the square. Now comes the interesting part of the story. 
The students returned to their university dormitories in complete shock. Nothing like this had ever happened before in Chinese history. As they sat in their small groups, they came to an agreed decision. What happened at Tiananmen Square was evil. Then came discussions about the source of evil. Chairman Mao, Karl Marx, Confucianism, and Buddhism teach that man is born good and becomes better. Only the three monotheistic religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, teach that man is born evil in sin and can become good. So like true academics, the students searched for understanding. Judaism says we become good by keeping the laws of the Hebrew Bible. The Chinese students then asked, do we know any Jews? No, very few Jews in China. What about Islam? Islam teaches man is born evil and becomes good by keeping the five pillars of Islam. But wait, Saddam Hussein, president of Iraq, and Muammar Gaddafi of Libya both went on Chinese TV news hugging their Chinese ambassador saying, what you did in Tiananmen Square was good. So the students reasoned, if Islam says what happened is good, then Islam is evil. But some Christian countries had said that what happened was evil. The students reasoned then that Christianity teaches man is born in sin, or evil, and becomes good by being born again through faith in Jesus Christ. So some of the students went to local church pastors and said, Chairman Mao says power comes from the barrel of a gun. What does Chairman Jesus say? Understandably, the pastors were afraid, for their students were sons and daughters of party members, and evangelizing was forbidden. Some pastors gave the students a Bible and said, Read what Jesus taught in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The students returned to their university residences and began studying the teachings of Jesus. They discovered in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus said, Love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a glass of water. They then compared the teachings of Chairman Jesus to Chairman Mao. Mao said, Power comes from the end of the barrel of a gun. Someone said, Okay, I'm ready to become a Christian and follow the teachings of Chairman Jesus. And then another, and another, until finally whole dormitories decided to become Christians. This is where it gets interesting. Some students decided as new Christians to join other Christians in the local government-controlled churches. The problem is that in China at that time, there were only two basic kinds of churches, government-approved and, on the other hand, illegal underground house churches. When students arrived at the government churches, the pastors felt threatened having children from Communist Party backgrounds sitting in their services. Some students went to the unregistered underground churches. There, the problem was complicated by pastors having congregations of ordinary, less educated people who felt threatened by intellectual, academic children of party members sitting in their meetings. So tell our listeners, Jim, the good news from this story. 
the good news is the university students began a whole new level of outreach to academics with the start of Bible study groups on university campuses, apart from both government-approved churches and unregistered house churches. God expanded his church through the tragedy of Tiananmen Square. Paul, the older I get, the more I am convinced that Jesus shows up every time the devil tries to destroy life through war or famine or persecution or deceit. Jesus finds a way to build his church in spite of the horror of the event. Like Joseph said to his brothers after they sold him into slavery and God allowed him to become the number two leader in Egypt, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Right. Christian culture, if I can use such a phrase, is based on truth and trust. Christianity is built on a foundation of character, virtues, and values obtained from fixed moral biblical absolutes written in a book, the Bible, that contains transcultural eternal truth. The Bible teaches equal salvation for men and women in Jesus Christ. Being a Christian is neither male nor female. Both are equally valuable. The Bible teaches equal value for each economic level. Being a Christian is not based on whether one is rich or poor, slave or master. Both are equally valuable. The Bible teaches equal worth for each individual. Being a Christian is not based on whether one is Jew or Greek. Both are equally valuable. The student's intriguing question, what would Chairman Jesus teach, made me think about what did Jesus say about various isms that are diametrically opposed to Christianity. For example, materialism, the pursuit of mammon or money, believes there is no reality beyond the physical material world of sex, wealth, food, and drink. But Jesus said no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Luke 16, 13. Those loyal to Marx remain loyal to the ism of Marxism and atheism, believing there is no God and no supernatural order to the universe. Marxists worship man. They believe they are in control of their own destiny. No external moral code, No substitutionary savior or lord or teacher. Man is the center of the universe. Those who worship materialism believe the sum purpose of life is to make money and be rich. One Chinese pastor gave us his definition of materialism. If you make 100 yuan a month and you want a motor for your bicycle that will cost 10 yuan, You then have to work longer hours away from home and church and family to earn that extra 10%. Striving for that little more is the essence of materialism. In Matthew 6.33, Chairman Jesus said, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We are conformed to the image of Jesus Christ when we allow him to enter our heart, 
control our mind, knowing that God said, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. Isaiah 55, 8. I believe the world, including China, is in a three-way battle between Marxism, materialism, and Christianity. The most encouraging verse to end this broadcast may be the words of Jesus when he said, My sheep listen to my voice. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. John 10, 25-30 Thanks, Jim. There you have it, my brothers. Jesus is at work in every situation in every country to accomplish his good and acceptable and perfect will and help us conform to his image. For a printed copy of this program's teaching or with any questions you may have, contact Dr. Jim by sending your email to menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at www.goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. On behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, conform to the image of Jesus Christ.